Our key scripture is going to be found in John chapter 16 and verse 33. Turn there with me. John 16 and 33. It'll be on the screen as well. And uh, you may hear me quote this frequently in our times together. John 16, 33. Jesus speaking. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Somebody say amen. That's true. That's true. But take heart. I have overcome the world. One more time. John 16, 33. In this world, you will. Not maybe. Not could happen. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. How many of you have ever had some trouble in your life? Tribulation, trials, difficulties. How many of you guys, or maybe say, I'm in some trials, tribulation, difficulties right now. Come on, throw your hand up. How many of you say, the person sitting next to me is my trial? No, don't put your hand up for that. Don't do anything like that. Jesus responds, and he says, you will have trouble and trials and difficulties. He goes, but look what he says, but take heart. Everybody say, take heart. Another translation actually says it like this, be at peace. Be at peace. He says, you're going to have difficulty, but be at peace. And then he qualifies why you and I can be at peace in the midst of trials, tribulations, difficulties, hardships, troubles. He says, here's the reason why you can be at peace. Because I have overcome it all. You can be at peace because I have overcome it all. Can I put it a little bit more perspective for you, this verse? He's saying this. If you are in me, how many of you are in Christ? You're a Christian. You're a follower of God. If you are in me and I am in you, then whatever trial, tribulation, trouble, difficulty you're having, I've already overcome it. All you have to do is stay in me, tap into my ability to overcome. In your inability to overcome, I have already overcome. I have already everything that's rooted in difficulty. He says, listen, he doesn't have to fix the problems that are coming. He fixed the root of the problems that would always exist. Do you understand? So he didn't have to fix all the little problems one at a time. He fixed the root of all of the problems. He fixed the, the, the beginning, the bedrock of where it was all coming from. And he says, so in me you can have peace. Why? Because I've overcome each and every one of it. With that being said today, I've titled this teaching, this message, Press Through. Turn to the person next to you and say, Press Through. Say to the person behind you, say, Press Through. That's right. Everybody's looking at the back wall. So Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to start. We're going to read this passage. Can we read the Bible in church? Somebody say yes. yes. Amen. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I want to study his word, not man's opinion. So Mark chapter 5, verse 24. We're going to read this engagement that Jesus has uh, with this crowd of people and this woman who gets healed. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. Again, if you're dyslexic, that would be 42.5 cram. It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent some of what she had. And spent a little bit of her money. Spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got, say it with me, worse. She grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Verse 30, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Another passage says, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Verse 31, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. 
And yet you ask, who touched me? Verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Father, I pray for the next couple moments that you would do something supernatural in each and every one of us. Lord, each and every one of us are facing trials, tribulations, hardships, difficulties. And Lord, I pray that we would have the resolve of this Mark 5 woman, the resolve to press through. No matter what comes our way, to stay with you. Because in this life, we will have trouble. But Lord, you've overcome it also. May we press through till we touch you through every trial in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let me break this passage down for a little bit. It opens up where Jesus comes into this small town and the crowds are huge. You're probably talking thousands. You could be talking tens of thousands. It's a very, very large crowd. And the Bible says they're pressed around him. They're all Press. They're, they're pushing. They're, they're all wanting something. I want you to picture in your mind that they're all probably like, Jesus, me, Jesus, can you, can you just touch my hand? I, I've got a cancer on my back. Can you just touch? Hey, can you come see my daughter? She's at the hospital. And they're pressing, pushing. It's crowds of people. You've got the disciples, and they're running around like Secret Service guys. You know, the, the eagle has landed. We're coming around the next corner. Push that woman aside right there. Push that guy upside the head. Let's go. Let's go. Watch out for the guns. All right. They're doing this whole thing. And as they're pushing forward the crowd just i mean they are just surrounding him pushing pressing and i kind of get the picture that it's probably like one of these old school black friday moments anybody remember the old black fridays uh, when people literally almost lost their lives because Walmart would open the door at whatever time and all these people go running. Have you seen the footage of that from back in the day? Uh, my wife used to go do black friday and she's like do you want to go i was like no are you out of your ever living mind or if you've ever been to the mall the day after Christmas. And uh, I went to the mall one time the day after Christmas by mistake. I was just trying to be a good husband and spend time with my family. And, uh, and, and, and we were walking like this. And for you taller people, that's not a problem. But for a shorter guy, I don't know which way we're going. I'm just being pushed by the crowd. And they're pressed all up against you. And then you add some Asian folks in there who have no sense of space. And they're pushed all up against you and this kind of thing. And I've got this experience. And I think it's a lot like what was happening here with Jesus. They are all pressed against him. They're pushing all against him. And the Bible says like this but then a woman comes up this woman comes forward and then it begins to describe what was going on in her life and can I just start here with this mark 5 woman the reason why I call her the mark, mark 5 woman because what's her name we don't know her name where's she from we don't know where she's from does she have kids is she married is she been rich and now she's poor because of all of this we just know a few things, and what we know about her comes from her issue. Comes from her issue. We know that she's got a serious issue. In fact, King James says that there was a woman there who had an issue of blood. Those of us that are a little older, we've heard sermons about the issue of blood. I think there was even a song or two about the issue of blood that we sang in Christian. She's got an issue, all right. She's been bleeding for 12 years. Most scholars believe that she's bleeding from her, from her female organs, that she, it's some type of menstrual bleeding, and that it has literally, over 12 years, brought her to the point of almost death. This is where most scholars position themselves in reference to what she's going through. She's been bleeding. We know that she's spent all of her money. 
all, she spent all of her, her money trying to get healed of whatever this thing is. But she's bleeding. She's bleeding. Every day she's bleeding out. Every day she's bleeding out. She's gone from doctor to doctor to doctor. And I did a, uh, I did a study one time on ancient medicine. You talk about crazy. And what they would have prescribed for her. And some of the prescriptions, especially if it was something menstrual or something like this in the female organs, they would have had them uh, uh, build a fire down in the ground, cover it over to smoke, and then stand over it, and somehow the smoke would heal them. They, obviously, you know, they would try all kinds of herbs and different things like this. She has gone from doctor to doctor to doctor. Instead of getting better, she got... Try it with me. Instead of getting better, she got... Over and over again, she got worse. She spent all that she had... She has bankrupt herself to try to live. This obviously is going to end in, a, in, in death. And so she's done everything she can. She spent all of her money. She's pushed, put, she, she's, she's pushed from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And instead of getting better, she's gotten worse. And obviously at this moment, we don't see any friends with her. We don't see any family. She is by herself. She is by herself, but she's heard of Jesus. She's heard of Jesus. She was probably sitting in a doctor's office, and somebody said, well, you know my cousin went over to this meeting that this guy was having named Jesus. Some say that he's the Messiah. I don't really know. But all I know is my cousin, he had that little crooked eye thing going, and I'm telling you what, that Jesus laid hands on him, and now his eyes are straight. She's probably leaned in and said, now, now who is this? It's Jesus. Have you heard about him? He's from Nazareth. What? No, I haven't heard about that. She's been bleeding for 12 years. Anybody that knows a little bit about biology and, and how your blood has the, what it takes to, to replenish itself, remake blood in your body, this woman is probably as weak and anemic as you can be because she's losing blood, losing blood, losing blood. So she's weak. She's anemic. She's broke. Are you, are you, are you walking with me through this? She's, she's in a trouble. And the Bible says literally that she is in such a trouble and she hears about Jesus and she comes to the concept, I got to get to him. I got to get to him. In fact, if I could talk just a little bit about her identity, because here's the piece that I hope some of you catch today. See, her difficulty, she refused to let it be her identity. She refused to let her issue be her identity. See, everybody got issues. Come on, so everybody say amen. We all got issues. We all got something that God needs to heal, fix, deliver. We, and we all end up in trials many times because of our issues. All, every one of us have difficulties and issues and hardships. And this woman decided, I will not let the issue be my identity. I refuse to submit to this thing. I refuse to go down with this thing. This thing is either going to get healed or I'm going to die trying. She was determined to press through. She was determined to press through. She was determined that I am not going to go down like this. I am not identified. See, whatever you identify with, you'll have a difficulty getting free from it. See, as long as you, uh, you can, excuse, let me say it like this, you can never be free from that which you identify as. This is why I'm always encouraging people, especially Christians, who are struggling with their sexuality, who have same-sex attraction. I always tell them, don't you call yourself a homosexual. Don't call yourself gay. You're, you're struggling with that. 
That's not who you are. Who you are is a man of God. Who you are is a woman of God. That is not your... Because if you identify as it, then you can't be free from it. So the most... Uh, I watch these people all the time. They just go ahead and they just accept that they are a cancer patient. I'm not saying that we lie to ourselves. I'm just simply saying that's not my identity. What I am is a son of the most high God. What I am is a woman of God. What you need to identify in the right order. Because if you identify with your issue, then your issue will become you. And the only way to be free from an issue is to say, you are not my identity. You may have attacked me. I may be suffering with it. I may have even made bad choices to get myself in this situation. But this is not who I am. I'm not poor. I may not have any money, and I may have made some bad. I am not a crook. I am not a thief. I may have stolen in the past, but that's not who I am. And as long as you identify as that, then I can't help you get free from it. But this woman said, this is not, I am not a woman who's going to die from bleeding. I am not a victim. I will be victorious. So she got in herself that all I got to do is get to him. And I want you to picture this. You picture this crowd, and they're pressed all up against him. And they're pressing, pushing, and she shows up. You may, she probably showed up a little early, heard he was coming into this town. Maybe we can speculate she's sitting there on the curb. She can't, she's all doubled over. She's been in pain for 12 years. If she's in pain from this female region, you know she doesn't walk real well. She's not walking upright with full of strength and vigor. Why? Because she's anemic. She's losing blood all day long. She, she's weak. She's barely able. I mean, picture how weak this poor little child of woman of God is. And she's sitting probably on that curve. And, she, and they say, he's coming. He's coming. She's going, come on. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Imagine her prayers. Jehovah, if you're real, and this is really your son. Let him see me as he walks down the street. Heal me of this suffering. I've been a faithful child of Jehovah God. I've been faithful to my synagogue. I've been faithful to bring my tithes and offerings. I've been faithful to call upon your name. You can imagine that she's sitting there and she's in such pain and such. A, she's at the end of her rope. And here he comes. Here he comes and she looks up and here he comes and right where she's at on that corner, they begin to take a right turn and the crowds are just massive. And they're stepping over her and they're pushing her aside. And you got those young guys with all those ripping muscles and they're, you know, 20 years old and they don't even know they're bumping into you. And this frail, sweet lady who's in such pain, she decides, you know what, I am not going to let this pass me by. He didn't notice me. He didn't call out my name. He didn't have a word from heaven to stop and say, stop, there's someone over here that needs a miracle. Who is it? Who is it over here? None of this happened. He just kept being pressed and pressed and pressed. So she decided, you know what? I'm not missing my moment. I'm not missing this opportunity. And the Bible says she began to press through the crowd. Press through. And she's hitting her. And she said, because she thought, if I can just, if I can just touch his clothes. He don't have to lay hands on me. He doesn't have to turn and give me attention or affection. I am so past that right now. I, all I need is just to touch him because he's the one. And what he has will solve what I have. If I can just get close to him. She pushes. Can you imagine this little lady? She had literally had to get all but mean. And she's pushing and she's pushing and she's just, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And as she touches it, the Bible says, boom, something happened. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Immediately, she felt the issue leave her body. That's how it describes it. It left her body in a moment, all because she was willing to push through. 
This is the problem with most Christians. The moment something negative happens, ah, where are you, God? Where are you? I tell you all the time, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't build a house there. Like, my life sucks. My kids have done this. My wife has done this. I'm just going to sit here and have a pity party. If you're going through hell, get, just keep getting through it. Don't camp out there. And she decided, I'm not camping out in pity. I'm not camping out in issue. I'm going to press through. Everybody say, press through. Say it out loud. Say, press through. This is the walk of the believer. We press through. We get past all of this difficulty. And so, based on what I'm seeing with this lady, I want to give you the position that you need to get in for a miracle. To get your breakthrough. We're going to call this position for a miracle. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts here. Based on what Mark 5, what this woman has done. Number one, the first thing we see about this woman, she positioned herself for a miracle. Number one, because she was desperate. She was desperate. Here's my problem with those of you with issues. You become apathetic with it. You're not desperate. People respond to desperation. God responds to desperation. Some of you just accepted, this is my life. This is how it's going to be. I'm just that person now. I'm just, that's, that's what I have now. God abandoned me. Life is going to be bad. I'm just going to accept it. And you lose this desperate. This woman was so desperate that she'd gone from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. Most of us would have quit after doctor number two. Most of us would have quit once we realized, I'm losing all my money. She spent all she had. She understood that to be desperate is to bring about solution. To get in that desperate mindset. Think about what desperate people are like. You ever been around somebody desperate? They get loud. Desperate people don't care what you think. Des desperate people don't care. They have no shame. They're not arrogant. They're humble. They, do, they could care less because they are desperate. Some of you have just settled in. This is how it's going to be. My kids are not going to serve God. My adult kids are going to act this way. They're going to live this way. You just settled in. That's your life. You need to get desperate. Some of you just decided, I'm just going to always suffer with this, with this situation. You need to get desperate. Some of you just decided, I'm always going to be a half-carnal, half-sold-out Christian because this sin issue, I just can't stop it. I can't stop lying. I can't stop stealing. I can't stop cheating. I can't, I just, and you've not gotten desperate. When you get desperate is when things start to turn. When you start saying, I do not want to live this way. I will not have this dominating my life. I will not be known by my issue. I will be known as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. My identity will not be wrapped in this. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you, you need to get a hold of Priscilla Shire's book she put out a few years ago uh, about War Room. Anybody know Priscilla Shire, War Room? She's right here in the area. She's one of my heroes. She's the best preacher in America. By far, I don't take, get rid of all the dudes. She's the best preacher in America and she put that book together about war room and in that she describes you get on your face and you cry out to God in desperation until something breaks. You tell every demon in hell where to go and how to get up off of you and if you don't understand spiritual warfare stay with me because in October I'm going to teach you about spiritual warfare but go ahead and prime your life by getting a hold to her war, her, uh, war room uh, book. It'll change your life and I so appreciate it because in that whole book you find the desperation of a person who recognizes I cannot live like this I'm tired of being a victim. I'm going to be victorious. And she got desperate in this teaching. And it comes straight out of the word of God. Psalms 34 and 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And some of you have been raised your whole life. Don't bother nobody. Don't bother nobody. Don't bother the Lord. 
The Lord, the Lord knows if he wants to help you. Some of you have it in your mind. But you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like the Lord knows. And it's this, it really is this back to your childhood little rejection thing that you gain that you play with God. It's embarrassing. It really is. Well, if the Lord wants to help me, he will. He knows I'm faithful to go to church. He knows I'm trying. If he wants to help me, that's not at all what Jesus is teaching in the Holy Scripture. He said, you need to be like that persistent widow who just keeps knocking at the door of the judge. Keep knocking. And even though he doesn't care about justice, even though he don't care about her, because she overwhelms him. She literally drives him insane. He will get up and he will fix her problem in the judicial system just simply because she's driving him insane. And he said, and this is how it should be with you and the father when you pray. You keep knocking and keep knocking, and God, I'm not giving up. God, I'm standing here. I'm being, I, I am desperate for a miracle. I'm desperate for you to do something. You show me what to do. I'll do it. You tell me what to say. I'll say it. I'll fast. I'll pray. I'll do it. I will not go down with this issue dominating my life. Are you with me today? Say yes. Come on. You can do better now. Are you with me today? Say yes. Desperate people realize that they're out of options. And this is the problem with Americans. This is why people always ask me, how come you see miracles in Africa and other countries like that? Nations, you know, that's a continent, but the different countries of Africa. How, how come you see miracles there? We don't see as many miracles in the United States. And I always tell them, because we have options. We, we got money. We go, go find somebody else and find somebody else. And when I've been in, in the different countries in Africa, when I've been in certain parts of South and Central America, different places where, where they don't have a lot of options, guess what? They get desperate quick and God responds to them. It's out of that desperation. If you've never been around someone desperate, let me explain to you what it looks like. I was in Walmart one time, and all of a sudden this lady lost her mind. A Walmart's a big building. This woman started screaming and yelling, and she ran up to, I was about to walk out. She grabbed me, stop! Stood in front of all the doors like this. Her four-year-old had wandered off from her, and she didn't know where it was at. And she didn't know if it, that child had been kidnapped or who had her child. And let me tell you something. Managers were running over. She was losing her ever-living mind, yelling. She was doing it very strategic. She was like, you will not leave. No one leaves the building until I find my child. Talk about desperate. No one leaves the building until I will cut you. I mean, she was not playing. She was desperate. Are you with me today? Say yes. Some of you have lost your desperateness, and that's why your issue continues on. Here's the second position. For a miracle that we see in the Mark 5 woman. And that was she was submitted. She submitted her issue to Jesus' lordship. She submitted her issue to Jesus' lordship. As long as you're the lord of your life, Jesus can't be. Because two people can't stand in that position. Either Jesus is lord of our lives or we are lord of our lives. Or something else that we've allowed to dominate our life. If he's Lord of your life and you submit your, your issue to him, then you've positioned yourself for him to heal what you can't heal. For him to fix what you can't fix. And last I read, he said, be at peace, for I have overcome it all. I've overcome this whole thing. And, uh, and I have fixed it. Psalms 4 and 8 says it like this. I will lie down and sleep in peace. Because, Lord, you alone keep me safe. If the Lord doesn't watch after the city, the watchmen watch in vain. So the scripture says, literally, if God is not leading up, I'll never forget when my kids were younger and I was traveling a good bit, I started having these panic moments. What if somebody breaks into the house and I'm not there because I'm traveling, ministering in another country and they, and, 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 you know, hurts my family, uh, you know, sexually assaults my family. What, what, what God, I started having these panic moments. I'll never forget, I came back to that verse. Lord, if you don't watch over the city, the watchmen watch in vain. God, if you don't watch after my children, well, how am I going to watch after them? 
How am I going to always be all places at all times? I'm not omnipresent. So God, I put them in your hands. And I'm telling you, God, put such peace in my heart. And literally, back to this verse, I will lay down, I will lie down in peace, sleep in peace, because, Lord, you alone keep me safe. The Lord will heal you. The Lord will fix you. The Lord will cause this thing to come to an end. But you and I have to submit to his lordship. See, she had already spent everything she had on the doctors, and they couldn't fix her. And she thought to herself, I don't, I, I, I don't, I guess he's going to stop and help me. And instead of letting that detour her, she determined, you know what? I am going to completely submit myself to him. I don't even need him to turn around, call out my name. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. I can do that. I can do that. I can push with everything I got left until I break through just to touch his clothes. Somehow, to have a point of contact, I am so desperate, and he is God. And so if I can just submit to his godness, and I just come running up to him as close as I can get, something will happen. And the moment she touched him, boom, something supernatural happened. See, your issue is not about you fixing all the problems in the earth. Your issue is getting to the one who has already, already conquered all things. And what happens is we're so easily distracted, and we, we let all these other things take dominance in our life. And when Jesus is Lord of your life, you recognize all I got to do is get to Jesus. All I got to do is get to Jesus. Do you know why I don't miss a Sunday service? Not because I'm the pastor. Because I need to be around the brothers and sisters in Christ. And where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. I need to get a hold of Jesus. Do you know why I wake up in the mornings and pray and seek God's face? Not because I get paid to do it. Because if I don't get a hold of Jesus and he don't hold on to me, this old wicked world will destroy me. And so I have determined, I just got to get to Jesus and hold on. And if I hold on, he'll hold on to me. And if I'm holding on to him and he's holding on to me he'll be holding on to Jamie and our marriage will be just fine and if I'm holding on to him and she's holding on to him and he's holding on to us then he'll hold on to our kids and our kids will be just fine I don't need to fix all the problems I just need to get to the one who's already fixed all the problems and overcome everything because he is Lord so many people come to Christ because they don't want to go to hell and then they have this confrontation at some point Will you let him be Lord of your life? And I can't tell you how many people have said, I'm a Christian, but yet they've never let him be Lord. In fact, Barna statistics show that only 4% of Americans are true, genuine Christians. Yet 92% claim to be Christian. But only 4% have submitted to his lordship. What I mean by that, statistically, only 4% of Americans believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father except through him. The other percentage, the other, what is that, 88%, believe that there are multiple ways to heaven. You can go through whatever way, Islam, whatever way, that Jesus is just one of the good ways. That's not Christianity. He's not Lord of that. Only 4% of Americans believe that the Bible is accurate, that Jesus is who the Bible says he is, that Satan is who the Bible says he is. These are tenements to our faith. But only a person who's allowed him to be Lord of their life hold to those tenements. Otherwise, we mix in all of our other thoughts that we get from all other false religions to try to make a universal religion that we all can be happy with. And it's the very thing that has destroyed the moral fiber of the United States. 
And I'm telling you, church, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, if he's not been submitted to completely, and I tell you this all the time. So when I read in the Bible, he says, forgive those who sinned against you. Either he's Lord or I'm Lord. And if he's Lord, then I go, ah, okay, I forgive him. Sometimes I do it begrudgingly. Sometimes I do it with great attitude. And the more I've grown in Christ, the more easier it's been to just let him be Lord. And just let him lead me and just lead me. I tell you, it is, uh, you, you know, every evening now, as Jamie and I have gotten older, we've been married 30 years, we go to do things, we go meet with people, things like that. And it's become a place now before I only drove us. I'm the man, I drive the car. Now as I've gotten a little older and she's always playing on her phone and I'm the one driving, having to pay attention, I've gotten to the place, would you like to drive? I'm happy for her to lead a little bit because I have found security in being able to let someone else lead a little bit. Can you imagine if you could come into the place of security where Jesus, you just lead? I'm gonna sit right here in the passenger seat Wherever you drive us to is going to be awesome. Wherever you want to go is going to be great. Whatever you say, that's however you want to control the air conditioning, it is on you. Because you are the Lord of this car. There were no puns intended in that. She comes to the conclusion, just touch the hem of his garment. That's lordship. Most of us would be mad that he passed us by. That he didn't call us out after we'd been praying for this. She says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. She understood lordship. I think about that old Sunday school story that we tell all the time from the Old Testament. About Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. About those boys in the fiery furnace. Anybody remember that story? King Nebuchadnezzar is going to kill them, throws them in the fire. Do you remember what they say to him? They say, oh king, our God will deliver us. He's the God of heaven and earth. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow to you. You are not Lord. He is Lord. And he will deliver us. And if he doesn't, we still not bow to you because you're not the Lord. You're not our God. You're not the one. The government is not our God. Perversion is not our God. Money is not our God. There is a God of heaven and earth. His son Jesus is our Lord, and we surrender to him. Here's the third thing that you need to position yourself in to see the miracles that God has planned for you, and that is you need to be determined. This woman was determined. In spite of the pain, she was determined to press through. I want you to think about that. Think about that. The moment we experience a little bit of pain, we give up. I don't know why we do that. She's determined. He's passed her by, and she starts pushing through the crowd. She starts pushing through the pain. Every step was full of pain. Ah, ah, ah. The crowd is continually moving. They're pressed all against him. Have you ever tried to fight through a crowd of people who are all pressed tight and who don't want you to get ahead of them? Try that for a little bit. She doesn't care about the embarrassment. She doesn't care about the humiliation. The moment we start feeling a little bit of humiliation, we give up. This is the reason some of you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit because you don't want to be humiliated. You don't want to lose a little bit of control. You don't want to have a little prayer language that might make you feel a little silly or something like that. And you've lost this determination to get all that God has for you. She says, I'm going 
really get past them. I don't care if they don't like me. I don't care if I offend somebody. I'm pushing through. She keeps pushing, and she keeps pushing. Get out the way. Meantime, you got to imagine this. Meantime, as she's doing all of this, this crowd is pushing. They're knocking her in the head, and she's taking the lumps, and she's pushing. She's determined, I'm going to get a hold to it. I'm going to get a hold to him. I'm going to get a hold to him. And right at the last second, she reaches out, and she grabs the hem of his garment. In that engagement, power goes through her body. She was determined. I am not letting anything get in my way. I'm not stopping until I touch the hem of his garment. Some of you, it's time to push past the fact that so-and-so didn't do you right years ago. It's time to push past that you might be a little bit embarrassed to admit that you're struggling with something. It's time to get past these insecurities and fears and get a hold to Jesus and that comes with determination and yes there's pain involved and yes there's sacrifice involved but my God how long are you going to spend everything you got trying to get somebody else to heal you when only one can fix the things of our life his name is Jesus you've tried everything else how about we try Jesus how about we push past all of it and I love how Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3 he said I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm pushing forward. And man, they're trying to kill me every time I go into a city and try to open up a church. They're throwing things at me. They're cussing me. They're beating me down. One time they, they killed me and threw me out on the dung pile. But God raised me from the dead. I've dealt with sickness. I've dealt with heart. He just keeps pushing. And he keeps pushing. And he says it so clearly. I press toward the mark. I know where I'm headed. And I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and I'm just telling you we need some determination to get up in some Christians these days we need to grow up a little bit and say you know what uh, it didn't come easy it didn't come easy for the great men and women of the Bible it's not gonna come easy for me and I'm just gonna keep on pushing on until something breaks loose I'm gonna keep on believing until something breaks loose I'm gonna keep on staying faithful until something breaks loose I'm gonna keep on not letting that be my identity till something breaks loose I'm just gonna keep pushing till I get a hold to the hem of his garment and I know that he's Lord and all I got to do is touch him and in that engagement something supernatural is going to happen years ago in the church we came from there's a man by the name of Johnny Walker how about that name some of you know what that is some of your liquor of choice anyway his name was Johnny Walker in our church Johnny gets in this terrible car accident it wasn't his fault he was hit from behind I mean just destroys his spine comes to church big man he's probably what Six three, six four, big man, big old white boy, and uh, he came to our church, and he'd been a member of our church, and I think he was actually a, a small group leader for us, and uh, he and his wife are in, he he can't keep up with his job. He is in so much pain, he cannot sit in a service. He goes to every doctor, they try everything, they can't fix him. Gets to the place where the insurance won't pay anymore for the person who hit him, so he's got they literally got to go in litigation. And Johnny never missed a service. You know what he would do? He would sit in our balcony and lay on the floor. As our pastor would preach, he was laying up behind the pews, up at the top part of our balcony, on the floor. New people would come, and they would sit on that back row, and then they'd look back there and say, what's wrong with this guy? And he'd just sit there because he could not sit up. His wife, literally, we all had to help him get to his van every Sunday after church. And any special events, he, would, he, he didn't care he was going to make it because he thought, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Wincing in pain the whole time. This went on for six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years. They finally end up in such a litigation 
that it looks like he's going to get somewhere to the tune. This lawyer is going to get him somewhere in the tune of a million plus. Johnny doesn't care about the money. He just doesn't want to live with the issue. He's never been scared of work. He he don't want an easy pass. He don't want to be identified as the crippled man in our church. He wants what God intended him to have. And that is a life where he could bend over, where he could pick up his grandkids, where he could where he can stand on his own two feet and make an income for his family. He don't need somebody's handout. He wanted that, and he I'm telling you, he didn't miss a service. And he'd lay up there. We'd all we pray for. I, we, I must have laid hands on him a hundred times. And we're in this one particular service, and we're just worshiping. And all of a sudden, from the balcony, way back in it's a six thousand seat sanctuary, way back in the balcony, we hear, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And next thing we know, big old Johnny's up in the balcony, jumping up and down. God healed him. That man never quit coming to church. That man never quit pressing through. That man just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until he touched the hem. Here's the problem. That was on a Sunday. Monday was the court case. Where he's going to get his money. And he shows up Monday and he goes, I have suffered for two days plus years I've been in pain I've not been able to work we've not been able to pay our house note I've not been able to do this 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 and this but I got healed yesterday at my church and I can bend and I'm not in pain anymore and can I tell you something when he told us he was willing to do that we thought you could have tithed off that million dollars no just kidding (laughs) God healed that man because he put himself in a position for a miracle he was desperate. Jesus was Lord. He submitted his issue to his lordship. And he was determined. He didn't quit. Every day he pushed forward until God got, did something in him. And look what the passage says. The moment she touches him, Jesus stops. This is a trip to me. Jesus stops all the procession, all the people pushing, the yelling, the screaming, the oh my God, the rejoicing, all this kind of stuff. Jumping up and down, kids everywhere, this kind of thing. And Jesus stops and he says... Who touched me? Which I think is hilarious. Picture this. Crowds of people. Jesus is in the middle of it. Then this woman reaches out, touches the hem of his garment somehow. And he stops and he says, who touched me? I want you to be Peter for just a moment. You're Peter. All right. The eagle has landed. We're coming around the corner number two. Watch out for that guy right there in that wheelchair. He might be fake. He might have a gun on him. Here we go. Knock that guy. Let's go. Jesus on on count of three. Turning right now. One, two, three. Let's go. Go, 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 go. They're pushing and all of a sudden Jesus says, stop. Somebody touched me. Who touched me? I'm sorry, what? Who touched me? I would imagine Peter did one of these moments like, hold up. Who? What did you ask? Who touched me? Now, I know you're the Messiah and all, and you like know all things. But let me help you out with who touched you. Everybody's touching you. My whole day is ruined because I got to keep people from destroying you and trying to tackle you. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. No, 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 no. Somebody touched me different. Somebody touched me different. Somebody was desperate. Somebody was determined. Somebody understood who I am and what I possess. Somebody knows me and I don't even know them. Does he know her name? Is he lying to us? 
Is he manipulating us? I really know who she is, but who did it? Who touched me? That's not the nature of Christ. He doesn't even know who touched him. He doesn't even know the storyline of this woman. I want to help you with something. You're waiting for Jesus. Jesus is waiting for you. He's bought and paid for it all. And you're like, well, if he doesn't give me attention, if he doesn't call me, that's why I watch all, it, it embarrasses me, especially you charismatic crazies. That you go from meeting to meeting trying to get a prophecy from somebody to tell you what God wants for you and has for you. When did your identity get wrapped in this broken concept? You're his son. You're his daughter. You want to know what he has for you? Read the word. Prophecy should only confirm what already you know inside of you. You don't have to go chasing the prophets. You don't have to wait to do something great for God, for someone on this team to say, the Lord have need of you. We need you. Okay, now they need me. Okay, now I will fulfill my calling. Are you crazy? Who touched me? Somebody touched me different than everybody else. I mean, he makes a spectacle of it. Stop. Shh, everybody quiet. Who touched me? Who touched me? And the Bible says, in realizing that she can't get away with it, she comes forward. The crowd's already moved past her. She's laid up against the curb like, I'm healed. I'm healed. She pulls up. She's texting people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, she's, she can't get past it. Everything stopped. She was like trying to get a little incognito healing, you know. And so the Bible says she comes to him and tells him all that has happened. And then I want to read this last little piece because I want you to answer the question for me. What healed her? Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, ooh, you see that? He sees you as a daughter, as a son, my precious one. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. He didn't make a conscious effort to heal her. He didn't pause the moment to call her out by name. Zacchaeus, come down, for I must come to your house today. He doesn't do anything like that. He's passing by, but the faith of a little broken woman sucked out of Jesus the power that she needed to be transformed. The problem's not with Jesus. The problem's with you and me. He's bought and paid for it all. He's conquered it all. You and I never put ourselves in a position to actually draw from it. Because the moment it gets tough, we quit. The moment someone in the church treats us wrong, that's another church. I got church hurt. Well, who doesn't? Welcome to life. None of y'all as hurt as I am by the people of the church. You ain't never had thousands come against you. You got one little old lady who was mean to you and didn't treat you nice in the foyer. Welcome to life. Nobody was treating her nice. No one said, wait a minute. This poor sweet lady needs help. Why do we stand in the way of her help? No one did that. No one stopped long enough to see her, acknowledge her. Some of you are saying, no one acknowledges me. 
Nobody cares about me. No one notices me. No one notices her. Jesus doesn't even notice her. How about that one? Jesus doesn't even stop for her. And she did not let any of that keep her from getting what she needed from God. This is what's happened to a modern generation of Christians. See, the old folks, ooh, you ever sat with an old mama in the faith? Oh, baby, let me just tell you, you just got to keep on keeping on. And I'm telling you, when you lose your faith, you tie a knot in it, and you just hold on. And you say, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. You don't give up, baby. You just stay the course. And here we are, you know, the moment we, it doesn't go our way. I'm switching denominations. I don't even know if Jesus is real. I watched this YouTube video of this guy. Let me tell you something. Number one, get desperate. You need a breakthrough in your finances? Get desperate. Your marriage is falling apart? Get desperate. Get desperate. You don't want to lose your children to the wickedness of this world? You better get desperate. You suffering with sickness and disease in your body? You better get desperate. Stop letting it be your identity. Number two, you submit that thing to Jesus' lordship. Lord, I can't fix it. I can't do it. You and you alone can fix it. You and you alone are king of kings and lord of lords. I submit to you. Tell me go left, I'll go left. You tell me fall on my knees, I fall on my knees. You tell me forgive, I'll forgive whatever you need me to do for this to have a breakthrough. You have conquered it all. You are the lord of my life and you are the lord of this issue. Take it by force, oh God. I submit to you and I surrender to you. And then number three, you get determined. I don't care how painful it is. I don't care how embarrassed I have to be. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to keep pushing till I grab a hold to him. I'm going to keep pushing till I grab a hold to him. I'm going to keep pushing until I grab a hold to him. I'm going to keep pushing until something supernatural happens. He is God. I am not. And I am determined not to let go, quit, or give up, or give in. Because I will press through until I touch the hem of his garment. Because all I need is just one touch from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith. Now go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I believe God you can do it I'm trusting you even when I don't feel it I'm declaring your goodness even where even when it doesn't seem like it I'm calling I'm calling myself healed even though the symptoms are still there I'm speaking life I'm pushing forward until either I die or you heal me but I'm not quitting and I'm not giving up would you stand with me all across the room quickly Hey, thank you for joining us online here at Hill City. We're so honored that you would take the time to join us remotely and to celebrate the goodness of Jesus. I hope that word spoke to you. I hope that you were blessed today, and I hope that you are encouraged to go forth in the confidence of Jesus this week, wherever you are. If you made a decision today uh, to serve Jesus for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Would you text DECIDED to 469 606 2684 and uh, we want to respond and again just connect with you and celebrate the beginning of an amazing discipleship journey with Jesus don't forget next week we are here again same place same time nine o'clock and until then we hope you have an amazing week